Hi guys, welcome to the Simple Doesn't Mean Easy podcast. We are here weekly working on simplifying things in our lives one day at a time, one simple step at a time. And together, guys, we are doing this. I'm your host, Michelle Visser, and this season isn't really a season at all. We're actually taking a break from seasons, and I'm thinking it's going to be a total of four episodes, this one and three more, that are just um, answering your questions that you send my way a lot and sharing my thoughts on so much that has happened recently. Um, So yeah, it's going to be like a mini season, I guess, but without an overall arching theme per se. And next season, I have already started planning and I am really excited about it. I've even started recording it with a few guests. And I think you're really going to love next season as well. So I'm calling this season six, and then season seven is going to follow right behind. And it's going to be about the eight ingredients that we have overlooked for too long that we need to be paying attention to. So I hope you're along for the ride for both of these, this mini season and the one coming up right on its heels. So First of all, I need to announce a winner. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time, taking a minute or two to go over and leave a review for the podcast. It means so much to me. And please, if you haven't done so, please go ahead and do it now. Um, Anytime at all that anyone leaves a review, it helps tremendously in so many ways. I won't go into all the details, but trust me, it means a lot to me. And to my efforts that I'm putting in here, it really bolsters them. Is bolster a word? It is. Just sounded weird. You know how you say things and you're like, that didn't sound right. Maybe you guys aren't like that. I do it all the time. Anyway, our winner, we have drawn a winner from everyone who left a review during last season. And I feel like there should be a drum roll. The winner left a review on August 22nd and her... Username is May Music Lover. So May Music Lover, please reach out to me in whatever way you want. You can go over on Instagram or Facebook or send me an email um, and let me know how I can get this amazing slew of books to you that I think you're going to love. May Music Lover, reach out. Okay, so first thing first, I thought, I mean, really... I think this whole episode is just going to be about updating you on a whole bunch of things. Um, It's been a really tough, tough summer. It was a tough spring, actually, but mainly summer. Summer is my favorite. Well, I should say summer in New England is my favorite season I have ever experienced. I love it. I look forward to it the other three seasons of the year. I just absolutely love it. And this summer was the first one of nine that we have now been New Englanders that I can honestly tell you, I didn't love it. (laughs) It was really tough, not only for some personal things going on with our family and in my life, but also the weather. New England summer this year, 2023, was horrible. It was so wet. Now, I do want to put a disclaimer that the past three or four weeks, we've had some actual beautiful summer days. We've had some sunshine. Um, The ground has dried up some between bouts of rain. 
So I'm very, very thankful for that, that it has not rained nonstop for four months, which I thought it was going to for a while there. The beginning of the summer, that's that's all it did, just nonstop rain. And it's hard because in New England, you don't have a lot of time of year that it's really fun to get outdoors. I mean, I shouldn't say that because in the winter, it's really fun to get outdoors and do winter sports. Um, but it's just so different. You know, you got to bundle up and you're cold and when you come inside, you realize, oh, you were partially frozen and you couldn't really feel some of those limbs. <laughs> um, it's it's fun stuff, but you don't want to spend all day outdoors in the winter. At least I don't. But summer, oh, I, I, I love to spend every day, all day outdoors in the summer. But it's really tough. It was so tough this year that we couldn't. I mean, the rain, it was just crazy. But on top of that, we added puppies to our family. And I know I mentioned this back during the time it was actually happening, but now that I can give you some kind of retrospect view of it, <laughs> I thought I would tell you about the puppy situation. It was so hard. Ironically, I remember I was recording the episode with Dr. Prather about sleeping. He is a world-renowned sleep expert. I was so excited that he was coming on. And here I was literally in the midst of insane puppiness getting no sleep myself. I mean, they were up between the two of them. I I don't know, six times a night, probably. It was just kind of awful. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but what made it extremely bad was something I haven't talked about much at all. I mentioned it very briefly on Instagram in a few stories, but they didn't get along. I don't know if there's an official name for this, but as siblings, they were continually fighting and they were litter mates. It's an, it wasn't litter mate syndrome. That's something where they actually connect so amazingly that they want nothing to do with people. And you have a whole lot of problems that result around that. It was the exact opposite of that though. These puppies did not connect at all. And I went, I think it was about eight weeks that I worked through this, trying to figure out how to get these puppies to be really wanting to be around each other instead of continually bickering and fighting and reading everything I could, calling so many different kind of experts, talking to different breeders and talking to different dog trainers, uh, reading online, buying books. I mean, I was really not only sleep deprived, but going insane, trying to figure out how I could get these puppies to get along. In the end, I finally concluded after talking to quite a few really knowledgeable trainers and two different breeders that they just never were going to get along. And if I wanted to keep them, I could, but they basically would probably spend their days apart as they got older. And that would probably be the only way they would be happy. And most likely I would need to be doing, if I want to do things with the dogs, it would be with one dog. Like if I wanted to go to the beach with the dog um, to the lake or go out for a picnic or whatever, go to tractor supply with the dog. It would be one dog because if I tried to take both of them, they would be continually fighting each other. And that's not at all what I pictured when I got two sibling puppies. Like I thought they'd be best friends and I would take them both everywhere. And wouldn't it be great? That is not the way things worked out. So then I went through a couple weeks process of trying to find a perfect home for Hosanna, the one that I needed to rehome. It was not hard. I'm thankful for this, choosing which one to keep. 
I could see that being very hard in the situation I was in, but Bixby really settled that for me very early on. He's our Labradoodle. He's our very senior Labradoodle. And he immediately was okay with Selah, but never liked Hosanna. And I don't know why. Hosanna was so sweet to him. Hosanna tried very hard. She would go up to him and immediately be docile and turn herself on her back right in front of him like, hey, you're the boss. I know it. But he just didn't like her. Who knows why? I have no idea. Um, so the fact that Bixby had somewhat connected to Selah, I mean, with the two of them always fighting, it was hard for Bixby to really connect to either of them, you know, but it was obvious that he did. He was okay with Selah. So at least I knew which one I was keeping. And then it took me a few weeks to find the right family for Hosanna. And now she is with a sweet family. Um, their grandson is at their home often. They live close by with their grandchildren. And one particular grandson absolutely loves Hosanna. Their buddy buddy um, do everything together. And I think, I think Hosanna is very happy. I think I made the right choice. I think I know I made the right choice that I could only have one puppy. And Selah instantly turned into a very content very happy, very easily trainable, just a very content puppy. So that is a long version of telling you what happened with my puppies. So all of that was so stressful. I mean, the fact that I can just sum it up in five or 10 minutes makes it seem like, oh, you know, maybe it wasn't that bad, but having lived through it in the midst of it, it was tough. <laughs> um, there were also personal things going on with some people I love very dearly. I will not explain anything more than that, but tell you it's very dark, very heavy, very difficult. And that combined with no sleep and stress with puppies. I mean, I literally, I was in the middle of the day for just little tiny things that really weren't even a big deal. Like I had a foul mouth and I was cussing because I was so upset about something. And I would realize later, I can't believe I got that mad and I did that. And then after talking with Dr. Brather and reading his book and a few other sources, I realized, oh, it was the sleep deprivation. It kind of makes you a whole different person. It's really pretty awful. Um, and my sweet grandma, I've called her my own grandma, but I feel like I should clarify it's actually Bill's grandma, but I've called her my own ever since I married Bill 30 years ago. Um, she passed away this spring, just a few days shy of her 98th birthday. So it's not that it was a sudden surprise, except she was very healthy. Her week up until her death, you would have never thought she was going to die for the next decade. I mean, she was going strong, doing so much. She walked a, all the way around the block, like a long walk one day. Um, she was very healthy. And so it wasn't sudden in the fact that, yeah, we all knew, okay, she's almost 98. We only have a certain amount of time left with grandma, but it was still sudden, if you know what I mean. Um, so that was very difficult working through that, preparing for her funeral, cleaning out her cottage, going through all of her things. Um, it was an honor and a privilege, and I'm so thankful to have done it, but it was also exhausting emotionally, you know? It was also very fun too to come across things that I didn't even know about grandma and to learn more things about her from my mother-in-law from her daughter as we were going through all these things so it was bittersweet for sure and then um more recently 
my sweet uncle passed away, who was married to my mom's sister. So I just, I, the two of them combined, it was, it was tough and just a lot of emotions. I'm still working through. Um, oh, and then all of that rain, not only did it lead to muddy, messy puppies that I'm taking outside, you know, every one and a half to two hours, cause puppies need to go out often. Um, I'm dealing with umbrellas and so many towels. We went through so many towels, but the other problem with the rain was what it did to our gardens. It was so depressing to watch it happen. When you are planting seeds in February and you are tending to those little cups and then you're transplanting them into bigger cups and you're moving them around under grow lights every day and you're watering them every day and you're doing this for months and months, the great excitement when it's time to put them in the garden, it's kind of something I can't even explain. It's like a kid in a candy store. It's just so amazing. And the fun of organizing it all, like you can take, I take, weeks, maybe months to figure out how I want to organize the garden. And then when you go to actually plant them, you realize, oh, I want to change that around a little. And you're still organizing and you're putting up trellises and you're preparing the soil. You're doing lots of preparation and, you know, hoeing and putting in different amendments and doing soil tests and all this stuff. There's a lot that goes into growing your own food. And then week after week to see it rain and rain and rain day after day to look at the forecast and to see no sun in the week ahead and to see your plants just dying in front of you. It was hard. The tomatoes all got a fungus, which was especially hard for me because I had a larger garden than I had ever grown before. I extended it and I did that on purpose because I wanted virgin soil for my tomatoes this year because I have had trouble with fungus in years past and that will stay in the soil up to three years. And I wanted no chance of fungus. I wanted to grow more tomatoes than ever. I had so many plans of how I was going to dehydrate them, turn them into powders, ferment them. So many plans of what I was going to do. And um, the rain just destroyed it. Here I had this virgin soil that would have no bit of fungus in it. I was so excited. And then the fungus creeped in day after day, got worse and worse, took them over. I had to pull them early. I probably got a cookie tray worth of tomatoes. That's it from the entire extended, larger than I've ever grown garden. Um, but I'm thankful I got those. I will say that they made some very good BLTs and I was able to ferment about a one and a half gallons of cherry tomatoes. So that was really great. By the way, if you know more about fermenting, there's a previous episode that I dive into that more and I highly recommend it. So thankful that I had some to ferment today, not today. <laughs> this summer. Um, what else? Oh, also after talking to the nutritionist last season, um, it was episode eight last season and Jamie shared that we should be eating 50% vegetables. When you look at your plate, 50% of it should be vegetables. I went, Oh man. And I was so thankful that I had already planned to extend my garden, had already planned on having more tomatoes than ever, had already planned on having more peppers than ever, more lettuce than ever. Um, so many things. I was also planting kale, had never planted kale before. Um, extended our asparagus, more Brussels sprouts. Just like I got really excited that, oh, I had already planned on planting more vegetables and maybe I can really reach this goal that Jamie is talking about, that at least in the summer, I can be eating 50% of my vegetables. And then that didn't work out so well. <laughs> so I'm so glad and thankful that I can sprout 
If you don't know about sprouting, let me just tell you, it basically means you can grow vegetables absolutely anywhere that you live. And you don't even have to have a single pot to put a plant in, not alone a garden bed. You can grow sprouts sprouts in any kitchen in any area of the country. And I'm really excited to tell you that I've already recorded the episode. It is coming up one of the first episodes in season seven with the absolute sprout extraordinaire expert. I think that's all I'm going to tell you. I'm going to leave you hanging with that, but don't miss it. And meanwhile, go to solelyrested.com slash sprouts. And you can find out more about this amazingness that I'm talking about if you don't know about Sprouts. And even if you do know about Sprouts, go because there is a resource of a printable that is going to help you as you grow your own Sprouts in your kitchen. So solelyrested.com slash Sprouts. And together, guys, we can work at truly eating at least 50% of our food as vegetables. Really good stuff. Um... Uh, cover crops. I'm planting those now. I actually am going to get them in tomorrow. I'm hoping that that might help amend my soil some and fight this fungus problem that built up so badly. Um, I will stop right there and tell you if you need cover crops, I highly recommend true leaf. They are the sponsors of this episode, but they also sell ferment kits that I love sprouting kits that I love sprouting seeds. And of course, garden seeds. And it is not too early. In fact, it is an ideal time to stock up now on your garden seeds for next year. Because like I said, you want to get them started in the winter and it's good to plan ahead and make sure you have on hand what you need because you never know what this world holds, what's going to happen in the next six months with any potential seed storage or, you know, so many things have happened since 2020 that I really have started stocking up on my seeds the fall of the previous year. So if that's something you're interested in doing, go to solelyrested.com slash seeds. And I share there a link to my favorite source of all of the above. I link to my favorite items and I give you my coupon code that you can save a good chunk of money when you go to make your purchase as well. So go to solelyrested.com slash seeds. Okay. Um, in addition to all the puppy stuff, let me think this summer was crazy because we had another dog come live with us. My daughter's dog, Calpurnia. If you're on Instagram, you have seen her some, she's such a sweetheart. She's a two-year-old black lab. And thankfully the three dogs, Sayla, Bixby and Calpurnia have gotten along beautifully. And it's actually been fun now that we have kind of figured out the hierarchy of what's going on. It's been really fun to see the three of them together. Um, but that was off topic. Um, I guess I could tell you, I've added a good bit of things to the dog page since getting Sayla and also with Calpurnia here too. Um, solelyrested.com slash dog. If you are interested in knowing, I've been learning a lot about dog food recently, the high quality nutrition and how to get it. And I've also been learning more about dog and puppy enrichment and training. So I share all my favorite things that I've been gathering and using for all of the above at solelyrested.com slash dog. So some other things from last season's recordings that helped me a ton this summer, um, the episode that was about joy it was episode number 14. And I had a wonderful chat with one of the authors 
of the four habits of joy-filled people, Chris Corsi really enjoyed talking with him. I mean, he seemed like an expert on joy, truly. (laughs) I mean, he was a joy-filled person and yet he was very down to earth, realistic and honest about a lot of things too. If you missed episode 14 and you struggle at all with being discouraged, disappointed, not seeing the joy in the simple things when you're in the midst of the hard things, you really would enjoy episode 14. But it was something that I thought about a lot during this difficult season and so many things that he and I chatted about and so many techniques that he had explained really came in handy. So that was pretty cool. Um, Oh, and then, you know, with all the rain, that brings mud, mud, and more mud. So add two puppies and two other dogs to the mix and you have a very cranky lady and you have so many dirty towels. It's unbelievable. So cleaners, we did a whole episode last season on cleaners and uh, DIY non-toxic options. Boy, did I really put some of those to the test. I had explained to you in that episode that some of these were brand new to me and I was just working through using them and making them. So I thought I'd give you an update on that. Also, I don't think I told you in the cleaning episode, the very first thing I started with, it's so it was so easy and it's really kind of what got me hooked on. I want to do more of this was the soap that I use. I had always used Dove soap. Honestly, it's because it was Bill's favorite. Before we got married, I used whatever soap was on sale. I didn't even care. And looking back, it's kind of odd because some of them were probably really harsh on my skin and really dried it out horribly, but I just, I didn't, didn't bother me. You know, whatever was on sale, I grabbed, but he was adamant from the beginning had to be Dove soap. So that's all I've used for 30 years. Um, but I switched over. He still uses Dove. He's set in his ways, (laughs) but I switched over to homemade goat soap that someone local, a local friend owns the goats and makes the soap and sells it. (laughs) She has lots of different options and I chose the absolute zero additives one because I really wanted to go totally clean ingredients. So it has no colors, no dyes, nothing. It's just raw goat milk soap. And I love it. I also got a bag that's like, I don't know the material of it. I should know what that's called. Maybe it's kind of gauze-like, but kind of washcloth-like, like a combination of the two. Um, and it hangs from a drawstring. So it's this little bag that holds my soap that I can hang in the shower. It's like soap on a rope, you know, and I love it. I do recommend if you're going to use handmade soap in the shower, you do need something like this bag I'm talking about, because otherwise in just a matter of days, I feel like it would just disintegrate sitting in a dish soap in the shower. Cause it's so moist because homemade soap. I mean, you know, let's just pause here and admit anything DIY homemade when it comes to cleaners or soap, it's never going to be able to compete on all the check boxes with the chemical laden industrial manufactured cleaners and soap. It just isn't. It's 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 homemade. It doesn't have all those additives that make it not fall apart in the shower or that make it smell a certain way or you know whatever the case. They're never going to be equal, but 
they're so much superior in the sense that they are not toxic and they are so much better for our health. So I personally am totally fine. In fact, I kind of like it that they're not perfect and they're not the industrial version of a cleaner. Um, so the when you have it in the bag, after maybe about a week, the bag does get mushy, if you know what I mean, because the soap has kind of disintegrated in the bag and it's no longer this hard bar in there, but it's kind of moister. There's still the bar too. It's hard to explain. Those of you who have a bag like this, you know exactly what I'm talking about, I know. But it lasts so much longer because it's in the bag. And I just, I really like it. And I love that I'm supporting a local friend. I love that I know every ingredient in this bar of soap. And it it's so good for your skin. It makes your skin much more moist. Um, would Bill ever like it? I'm pretty sure no. I'm pretty sure I can never even get him to try it. And that's something I've just had to get over. Sometimes I really struggle with trying something new, um, doing something DIY when I know that nobody's going to like it, even if it's just a new recipe, you know, when I know that Bill's going to not even try it, it's discouraging and I don't even try it sometimes, but I've kind of, I've gotten over that in a lot of ways because I've realized, you know what? It's okay. He's not on the same page in this category and that's okay. He can do it his way and I can do it my way and I can buy my own soap. We can have two soaps in the shower. It is not a big deal. Um, so I don't know why I was hung up on that as long as I was, honestly. So that's to encourage you because I know a lot of ladies out there have husbands you know, like Bill that they're just not on the same bandwagon most of the time. Like you're on this path towards I'm going to do things better, less toxic. I'm going to do things more homemade. I'm going to make more of my own food. And he would rather have, you know, the, the box mac and cheese and the dove soap. And sometimes you just need to make two meals, give him his mac and cheese and have two soaps in the shower, guys. It's okay. Um, and eventually, you know what, they might come around, right? Little by little, one little step at a time. And actually next episode, I'm going to talk kind of about this, a little deeper about more than this, but the idea of doing it scared, the idea of how if I just never made these soaps or cleaners because I knew Bill might not use them or like them, how it just never happens. So join me for that episode because I'm already thinking it through in my head. I'll probably record it one day soon. And I'm I'm really eager to talk about that. Um, what else did I want to tell you about cleaners? I love of all the different cleaners I make. I think my absolute favorite is my dishwasher soap. The dishwasher soap is so easy to make and it works so effectively well. And it's so easy to dispense. I just, it's, it's definitely the favorite soap that I make. I give you the specific recipe for it back in the cleaner episode, but I also if you have my pantry checklist, if you have the new version, if you have the older version from a month ago and in the past, it doesn't have cleaners on it, but I added those cleaners last month. So grab the new version if you don't have it. And on that pantry checklist, I actually link to all of the cleaner recipes that I talked about in that episode. So you can see them in print instead of having to listen to the whole episode. So go to solelyrested.com slash pantry, solelyrested.com slash pantry. And you can access my eight page pantry checklist and it has all the cleaner supplies and recipes there. 
but the dishwasher soap, I highly recommend. I'll tell you one that I'm not crazy about. It is on there because it's definitely usable. It's it's definitely a decent soap, but none of us are crazy about it, is the dish washing soap. I think I just need to really maybe tweak the recipe. I don't know if different essential oils would help, but it's just, maybe I need to add, I don't think I have olive oil in it. Maybe that would help. I don't know. Maybe I can play around with it and share it with you again in the future, but that's not one we're crazy about. That's one that I order from Azure Standard instead of making it myself. Azure Standard, by the way, has lots of great all natural cleaner options. So if you don't, if you're not ready to make it yourself yet, but you want to drop, jump off that toxic bandwagon, I can't talk the toxic bandwagon of cleaners, then definitely check out Azure Standard. See if they deliver locally to you. I'll leave a link in the show notes where you can find out your local delivery spot and you can find out more about that. And my pantry checklist links to Azure in every supply that I buy from them. So you can find them that way too. Um, what other cleaner updates did I, what else did I want to tell you? Um, oh, nobody else likes the laundry detergent in our house. So I use my own homemade laundry detergent for the loads that I do, but everyone else uses their own preferences. We, I still buy all those other detergents and things that they like because I just, it's not a battle I need to fight. They can use those cleaners if that's what they want. And when I'm doing the laundry, I'll use my cleaner. I think I need to tweak the essential oils in it. When I made it, I made a really big batch of it. So it's going to be a while until I tweak it and play with that recipe a little bit. But I think maybe they would like it more if I had more potent essential oils, because they complain that it doesn't make the laundry smell good, but it cleans really well. And I do like it. Um, Again, all of that is at solelyrested.com slash pantry for all the cleaner recipes. Uh, last season, I also had Dr. Michelle on and she is so knowledgeable. She is a dentist who was a traditional dentist who shares her story about what made her become a holistic dentist and how she combines both worlds in a beautiful way with her practice. And I started using her tooth powder before she was on. I actually started using her tooth powder last December. So it's been nine months now. And that's really how I became, I introduced myself to her is through her product. And when I realized how much I liked it, I knew I really wanted to have her on the podcast. Um, But I love it. It's been, like I said, nine months. I've never had a toothpaste that I have been fanatical about. I mean, it's just toothpaste, kind of like the Dove soap. It's just soap, you know, but this is the best tooth powder. Well, the only tooth powder I've ever used, but it is the best cleaner of my teeth I have ever used. It is a powder, not a paste. I thought I would hate that. Turns out it gets your teeth so much cleaner, so much whiter. It's just a great, amazing product that's made with hydroxyapatite, not fluoride. So it is made with the all natural ingredients that our teeth have in them themselves. So it will remineralize and rebuild our teeth. It's it's a great product and it fights cavities as well. Um if you want to know more about that, I'll link to that in the show notes. Man, I have a lot of things I'm linking in the show notes. Uh, in, and you know, you can always go to solelyrested.com and then in the search bar, put the season number and the episode number of what you're listening to. And then you will easily find the show notes and the links and, and the video for this. If you're listening to this on audio, lots more information, links to any guests that I have and more information about them. So for this episode, it would be s 6 E1 that you would put in the search bar at solelyrested.com. Um, 
someone I haven't had on the podcast, but these are two products I wanted to make sure I told you about that I just recently started using this spring and I am enamored with them. I never thought I would be a person who cared about face cream or makeup of any kind, which is funny because my mom used to work for Avon. She retired working 33 years at Avon. No, it was more than 33. Was it 33? It was 33. Um, and I grew up surrounded by face products, makeup products, you know, all that Avon kind of stuff. And by the time I reached motherhood, I just, I was done with that. Like I had invested enough time and effort into worrying about my face makeup that I was just, plus I had little kids, wasn't something I cared about anymore. And I just went all natural. So I never thought after that point, I would care about any kind of face cream, <laughs> but the serum, this is what I'm getting at. It's called face serum from just ingredients. Um, my daughter was using it and she knew how I feel about all that stuff, but she's like, mom, you should try this after one night of putting it on before bed and waking up in the morning and the feel of my skin, the softness, the suppleness, I was blown away and I am totally addicted. It's all natural, really, really good for your skin. Um, so that's something I'm going to tell you guys about since we're talking about all this non-toxic natural stuff and new stuff to me. Also from the same lady, Carolyn at Just Ingredients, her protein powder is amazing. I have never been a protein powder person, but I had learned a lot recently about protein, why it's so important in menopause and the age that I am. And I started investigating protein powders and she by far has the most superior one that I have found. It is completely all natural ingredients, zero. And I mean, zero junk, really good for you stuff. And her flavors are amazing. I've tried, I think five or six different flavors, love everyone. And if you're interested in trying either of these products, I have a coupon code for you to save nice savings on these amazing products. Use code solely rested at justingredients.com or go to the show notes and I will give you that code and all the links as well. All right. What else has been going on? Oh, I did make a note to tell you that there's no processed stevia in Carolyn's protein powders, which is something I didn't know about until I really started researching protein powders. But most companies, I think, I think maybe all except for hers, use processed stevia which fascinated me given that I wrote a book all about processed sugar versus maple sugar. Stevia, I thought was all natural no matter where it came from or how you used it, but that is not the case. Most times when you see stevia in the ingredients, it has been processed, usually at least a 42 step process that it goes through before it is put into that product you're eating or drinking. That blows my mind because it's just a leaf that grows in nature. I don't know who got the brilliant idea that they needed to start processing it like that. I don't know the history behind that or why they do it. But unless the company makes it very clear to you that this is non-processed stevia, then it is probably 98% likely you're getting the processed version. And they use just ingredients in their protein powder. They use it straight from the um, wholesale company who literally uses the leaf. They dry the leaf, crush it up, and put it in the protein powder. It's that simple. And that's the way it should be. Totally the way it should be. If you want to use stevia leaves in your tea or try them in other things that you're making in your kitchen, I highly recommend um, the source that I go to for all my bulk teas and my bulk stevia. It is totally organic. It is just the leaf, just dried and crushed up like we're talking about. 
and you can make your own tea blends, use it in your hot chocolate, all of that kind of stuff. So there's one more thing I guess I'll link to in the show notes. <laughs> um, okay. Enough about stevia. What else did I want to tell you? I think, whew, I think I covered everything I wanted to update you on. Okay. But I want to leave you with this idea throughout the summer. It was really tough emotionally, physically, a lot of stuff, stuff I'm not sharing with you too. You know, if it was just the puppies and the rain, I could have survived that, but there's been other personal stuff too. And here's the thing. I realized so many times throughout all of it, in the midst of it, that I'm like in little moments, things I did. And usually out loud, I would say, I'm so glad we did that. Or, you know, that was the best blank I've done all summer. Maybe swimming, maybe chocolate chip cookies I made and whatever it was, that was the best one all summer. Like, I don't know if being through this season of difficult made those little things like perfect temperature of the lake water and the beautiful sun streaming on my face while I'm doing a backstroke, like made that so much better because things were so hard in life. I, I don't know. Or if it's just because, you know, I was thinking so much about joy from recording that episode with Chris Corsi, or you know, there could be so many reasons, but so many times, you know, that's, that's when I want to leave my thoughts on in this episode, because I've been whining and complaining about how hard life has been. And I want to tell you that it's also beautiful. It's also been filled with little simple moments of amazing blessings and joy that maybe I would have missed if life was all rosy and great. Maybe I wouldn't have even thought about how good the sun felt on my face when I was doing the backstroke in that amazingly warm lake water. Like maybe I wouldn't have even really appreciated it as much. I mean, sure, it was tough. People that I love dearly have passed away. Can't talk to them anymore. I felt I was actually in the town where grandma lived just yesterday. And it was so sad to be driving through the town and have no reason to stop and spend an hour just chatting with grandma. Um, it was really hard having to rehome a puppy. It was really such a stressful time. Um, it was so hard seeing the garden fail. I still have to deal with that. I still have a weed filled dead plant area of the garden that I need to work on and spend a few days cleaning up. So that's not easy, but there were so many times that I said, I'm so glad I just did blank or that was so awesome. So I think it comes down to an economy, like an economy of what's valuable to you, an economy of what's important, an economy of what's beautiful to you. So what's your economy? What are you using to judge if this day was good or if this hour was valuable? Because if you have your priorities right and you see the simple joys and you really, really value the gorgeousness of that butterfly that's landing on a plant that's dead that you're sad about because it has a fungus, but the butterfly that's gorgeous that you can watch work and you can think about how important that butterfly is to the whole process of food and life because it's, you know, taking the pollen to the next plant that isn't dead, hopefully, um, you know, then your economy is, it's a good economy and you, you have valued what's important and it's going to make you 
it's going to make you happier. It definitely is, no matter what's going on in your life. So I share that to encourage you. When things are the worst, focus on the best. When things are deeply hard, focus on the really simple joys. Um, Not the flashy, ostentatious, good things, but those really simple things. Find a ladybug in the garden. Um, I think of that because I put on Instagram a post about this idea and I asked people to comment. What, what simple joy did you notice today? And one lady said, I was in the garden with my granddaughter and we spent a long time watching the ladybug and my granddaughter loved it. You know, that's beautiful. That's something that that granddaughter might remember for days or weeks, or maybe if they got a picture of it, maybe she'll remember that moment forever. It's just so sweet. And someone else had told me, um, I love the kitten that's curling up on my lap and meowing and so happy that I just came home. And she shared a picture with me in a message. It was someone who had just purchased a kitten in our last litter from our barn cat. Um, by the way, we have new kittens. So, so adorable. So sweet. They're beautiful. And they're so, so friendly and social. It, that's really fun. Every time I go out to the barn or sometimes we bring them into the house, um, just playing with those kittens makes me so happy. By the way, when this airs, there might still be some kittens available. As I'm recording it, we have some kittens still available. So if you are interested in knowing more about our allergy friendly, very social cats that are well-trained by their mama to be barn cats, but are also very happy indoors. Um, We've been raising barn cats for many years now, and I have so many families so happy with their cats. So if that's something you're interested in, you live locally in New England, in the New Hampshire area, um, message me, reach out because I might still have some kittens available when this airs. Um, Okay. So next episode, We're going to be talking about doing it scared, what it's looked like for me for the past nine years of this whole long process of working towards simple living. And I have a few really good stories that I'm going to share with you. Y'all know if you've been around the podcast for long, I am a professional storyteller for 15 years. When the girls were growing up, I was doing storytelling gigs at nine different libraries across the state of Delaware where I lived. I love telling stories. It's kind of in my blood because my dad was a major storyteller, even though he was never a professional storyteller. So anyway, I have a couple stories for you next episode to encourage you to do things scared. In the meantime, thanks for listening, friends. I'd love to hear your thoughts about this podcast um, or you know this episode itself, whatever, if you want to go over to solelyrest.com slash podcast. There's details there of exactly how you can leave a review. I'll read every one. I get very excited when a new review comes in, solelyrest.com slash podcast. So thanks for listening. And remember, it is easy to forget how blessed we are to live this life. So enjoy the simple everyday efforts. It's not easy, but it is a good life.